Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire. The podcast where we catch up my friend Gabe on everything he missed while being homeschooled and sheltered from the outside world. Where we go year by year introducing him to what was out there during those formative years. Where we try to reignite the fuse in uh, Gabe's ammunition or Gabe's gunpowder. All right, Gabe, the year is 2002. Kmart files for bankruptcy. The euro becomes the official currency of 12 out of 15 EU countries. The Winter Olympics are in Utah and the Anaheim Angels are the World Series champions. I am stationed in Camp Pendleton, Camp Margarita, prepping for potentially Iraq invasion. So uh, weekends that I have free, that I'm not out in the field, I'm usually going home uh, to visit my family, going down to Mexico to hang out, or just uh, potentially have fire watch during the weekend. So I don't, I'm not even able to the go worst. home. Yeah, exactly. So that's me in 2002. Let's uh, recap. Where are you in 2002? So I'm living in Ranch Cucamonga. I'm either just starting high school or just, you know, right in the last bit there of middle school in terms of grade. Um, Still home Got school. some friends. Yep, yep. Got some friends. Um, a little bit more autonomy at this point and, and a little bit more info coming in about what's going on. So I'm uh, I, some of the stuff I'm aware of. Um, listening to uh, uh, music on the local rock station. I've been introduced at this point to Metallica, which opened the doors on on a lot of a lot of music for me and uh yeah movies spider-man the toby mcguire series comes out in 2002 was that on your radar did you go see it in the theater yeah was that the first was that the first the, the very first one, first one and, yeah where he yeah, gets no i uh, he gets that where he gets bitten by a spider and gets a six-pack you know what i remember too because they initially had the promo material had the world trade center when they were hyping the movie oh. earlier remember they had that they do you remember this no. They had the spider web between the two towers and a, and a helicopter was caught in the web because it was this real iconic shot, right? Because he's in, you know, he's in New York. And, uh, of course, then everything happened. They had to, like, pull the promo material and, like, change up things. And I, and I don't remember if it delayed the movie at all because of that, but... I don't know, to be honest with you, but let's see. So, here we go. Original uh, Twin Towers teaser trailer comes mo- up here. Movies postponed... Uh, due to September 11 attacks, Bad Company, Big Trouble, Buffalo Soldiers, Collateral Damage, Fourth Angel, Gangs of New York, The Rats, Summer Wall Fears, Time Machine, Training Day, and View from the Top. So yeah, Training Day, because re- that, that's on our list today. And oh, it was... Very good. Yeah. Did you go watch uh, Spider-Man or no? Yes, for sure. That was one that made the cut, so some some a little bit of background there my my dad has always been that's like been his favorite superhero just always my dad's just into spiders and of course he was in no we had a pet tarantula at one point growing up okay so spider-man just makes sense (laughs) so not only does it just make sense but of course like for him growing up comic books was like huge and like he just kind of connected was like spider-man like spider-man was like you know uh, a character he could uh, identify with and like you know it uh, was always one of his favorites. So, obviously, by the time he had kids and we grew up a little bit, like he uh, 
he was a um, elementary school teacher. And like one of the things that stands out, he had like a collection of ties, right? Because this was one of the ways you could express yourself as a teacher, which you could wear a different tie. Like you oh, had to like personality ties, personality ties. Well, he had Spider-Man ties. He had several of them that were real flashy that had like various, you know, comic book stuff. So people even, one of his nicknames was like Spider-Man. So interesting. It, uh, Spider-Man was a big deal, and that was definitely, and of course, it fits the criteria of being a, you know, superhero movie with, you know, the right kind of, it's not too over the top. No, no, this was Spider-Man being taken serious. Uh, As you recall, there were Spider-Man movies in the 80s, early 90s uh, that weren't so great. Let's just say that. I think in one of them, Thor comes out, if I recall. Oh, no, no, that's that's the, that's the, that's the, uh, the Hulk, the never mind that's the hulk but yeah but uh, they, they did make um you know like i think japanese uh had uh their own version of spider-man but i think america I, also had their own version of spider-man i of course in in subsequent time have learned about japanese spider-man and the wonders of yeah the amazing. wonders of television it's amazing in, uh international <laughs> but yeah i remember i remember uh spider-man coming out i remember watching it I remember the director, Sam Raimi, because I was a huge fan of Evil Dead movies. So right. that was right up my alley. Uh, you had Bruce Campbell making his cameo like he does in every uh, Sam Raimi movie. And yeah, no, I remember watching it and not having a problem with it. Like, I thought it was a, it was a good movie. I think, you know, we're not going to get to part three, but by the time they got there, it just, it just kind of lost, lost something. It got a little nuts. I feel like it was a credible one. Like, honestly, like, I don't think I've even seen... I never even saw the second iteration with Andrew Garfield. I haven't seen either one. I did. And, uh, obviously, the most recent incarnation with Tom Holland has been pretty... Like, the best, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, but but I didn't have a problem either with it. I mean, it suffered from what st- still plagues movies to this day to some extent, although they're getting better, I suppose, which is the whole having, you know having people that are obviously not teenagers play teenagers, you know, <laughs> like that fight scene in the cafeteria when he fights the bully and the dude's obviously like in his like late twenties. Hey, do you know who that is? I, what's it? I know there's a significance and I can't think of it. Tell me about it. So no, uh, it, it's not, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a significance. Joe, man, his name, his last name is, is not an easy. It's, it's, it's Deathstroke, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know how to say his name. Mag- Mag- Mangaliani? Mag- Manganiello? Mangaliano? No. But no, you know who I'm sure. talking about. Yeah, Deathstroke. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Magic Mike, all those. But that was him. Yeah. That was yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think about it, how old is he now? He is 44 now. 19 years ago, he would have been 23. I guess Play- it was closer than it seemed, but he... <laughs> He looked out of out of place. Yeah, he was a big dude. He was a big dude. Yeah. Well, he also looked too mature for it, right? Like he just, you know, he did not look like he could pass for a seventeen-year-old. Yeah. But yeah, but uh, it's funny. I mean, neither did Toby McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. But, but other I, than that, I uh, yeah. But I remember it coming out, and and at the time, like I I I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. They weren't taking it serious. Like you know, they were were having a little fun with it, but. But what I remember mostly is that they were they tried to capture a lot of iconic comic book scenes and moments, and and the I movement. really appreciated that about the movie that they they definitely tried to to give you that comic experience like a comic book movie. I'm not as knowledgeable about comic books specifically, but like correct me if I'm wrong here. Like that was one of the iconic things about Spider-Man was the angles that they got of yep. his movement. Like they 
that was unique for him and the way he traversed the city. And they really captured these different kind of perspectives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even just the way his body reacts to like his body sense, like saves him from situations where it contorts his body in certain ways. And there's a lot of, you know, nice little slow motion scenes where, where you get to see what what, you know, what he's capable of doing. So, yeah, no, I, also, I, I thoroughly enjoyed those movies. Shout out to casting Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Because oh, man. Yeah. That, I think that was actually real good. Like, yeah. I don't know how. I think the only the only part that I think everybody has a problem with is that rooftop scene where they're both kind of talking to each other, but they're both wearing masks, so there's no lip moving whatsoever. So it's just two got two heads bobbing as they talk. Right. Real I think, hard to real hard to convey. Yeah, I think that was a that was a scene that everybody has a problem with. Oh yeah. yeah no. The other thing about it that I remember being controversial was the the choice to not have web shooters for spider-man oh that's that right just, they come out right over his skin yeah 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 he just you know he just kind of had these glands now that just emitted that's true web. I, I forgot about that hey look at you Gabe. you kind of got to wonder like was it just a matter of they didn't want to deal with the technical stuff they didn't want to have to address the whole you know it's like the gun reloading thing do we just ignore it and pretend that it happens off screen or uh, I think because it comes up in the it comes up in the comic books. It's an issue sometimes. Yeah, no, no. But I think also depending on which Spider-Man you're talking about, there is a Spider-Man that doesn't have them. You know, so maybe like they're like, True. well, maybe in their version they're like, well, we're taking the the best out of the different multiverses, you know, and like creating this the Spider-Man. That is one thing you have with Spider-Man is an infinite multiverse. Yeah, you just pick your favorite and go. Definitely do. Even if you want Nicolas Cage Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man Noir. We all want Nicolas Cage Spider-Man, man. <laughs> the Born Identity. The first one comes out in 2002. Was that on your radar? You know, I can't I can't be sure now if I saw it in its initial. So, here here like 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 a typical American, violence was more permissible than sexual activity in TV. Mm-hmm. Far more accepting. So there was more leeway there. That's definitely one that could have gotten through. I don't know if it made it through initially. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters, but that later for sure became one of my favorite. I own the the box set of all three on DVD. Oh, the number four didn't make it. Jeremy Renner didn't make it. Gabe, like he he did not make the box set. No. Ouch. I was a I was a big fan of Matt Damon, dude. Like I remember Goodwill Hunting. I remember The Rainmaker. I remember um, Saving Private Ryan. Dogma. And I remember that that movie came out and it was like an action movie from him, which he had not done. I mean, you know, even the action scenes from Saving Private Ryan were not his. They were everybody else's. But I remember watching him in that and going, wow, this guy's like legit. Like the, it was the, the, the fight sequences were well done. The director did a wonderful job with it. Uh, yeah. It, but it was the first movie where I saw him as an action star and it kind of broadened his, his, uh, his casting after that. Yeah, real credible. I think too, like that was like the, that was like one of the um the earliest offerings of that the the new wave of like grittier spy, espionage type stuff as opposed to being you know like James Bond previously was always a little bit cool. He always you know, got away with it. Well, it was cool, but it was also a little bit campy in like the gadget department where you had these kind of ridiculous like they wasn't they weren't trying to be too grounded right like they were just trying to put something cool in an everyday it didn't necessarily have to make any sense until yeah you're right until um until daniel craig where he gets beat up <laughs> right and, and you're uh, right grittier grittier that's, that's the right word for it i watched something interesting too about 
Born Identity where like they talk about the change. Like the the first one is really you write like the the action in it and the choreography and the camera work is real good. They do a lot of these those uh, uh unbroken. They don't do a bunch of cuts, mm-hmm. so you see a lot of the action. The second movie they did a bunch of cuts and in a in a film study I watched they they talked about how like that kind of lowered the quality of the filming like of the of the work because instead of relying on these people who like again they they praised Matt Damon for his work in getting ready for this and in preparing and you know becoming you know legitimate to to have these scenes doing a lot of this these these cuts around and 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 stuff for effect weren't as impressive as the first movie they said where like you got to see everything and it was a lot more of the actor's work showing through so that was really interesting because I'm not you know I get lost in the movie if I enjoy the movie I'm not trying to critique it I'm not trying to guess what's happening I'm yeah just exactly in the moment yeah no, I I completely uh, completely agree that when once the movie once I'm caught up in the movie and don't uh, realize like I'm not faulting it I I then you know I'm uh, you got my attention uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed him. I even did watch the Bourne Ultimatum, uh, and even the Bourne where he comes back. I've seen them all. I, I was always a fan of them. Eight Mile. Did you watch Eight Mile when it came out? Did not watch Eight Mile. Was it on your I radar? Am... Have you watched it I, to this day? I have not watched it. Interesting. It, it was. I knew of it through friends, right? Like I'd heard about it. Of course, Eminem was the breakthrough. Like I, you weren't gonna. I wasn't not gonna be aware of him. But um, yeah, that one. I'm sure that wouldn't have been allowed. And then uh, too on top urban, of it, Gabe. Too urban. So I'm sure, like, like let's 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 put a hypothetical situation here where I'm if I'm gonna play Metallica in front of my mother, I'm gonna play something like Fade to Black or um, Nothing Else Matters. You know, you play one of those ones. Where it's like it's got like it's a little slow, and you know, there's you know, I'm not gonna play like Enter Sandman or something. I'm gonna play that, yeah. Like that's something where you can, you know, and she can be like, "Oh, I didn't know this was what they were like." And you're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is them." <laughs> I don't. What Eminem song do you? <laughs> we're gonna lose, try. Lose yourself, man. It's a it's a it's a song about overcoming and 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 you know, it's a it's a Rocky theme, bro. It's not about the message. I don't think it's about how it's delivered. So uh, yeah. I don't think Eminem ever would have made the cut for for that period. And so there, and by extension, his other work. So you know what's funny? I, I was always a fan of. I've always been a fan of rap music. And this movie, as much as I love the rap music in it, it's actually got a compelling storyline and a, and actually good acting and everything like that. So like, yes, you did love he get a bunch of awards. He did. Yeah, I think I think yeah. the, the song and everything. Up until the end, the 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 rap battle, the you know, is is phenomenal. But everything leading up to it was also great. Um, it's an overall good movie. Uh, I would I would put that on your list for eventually I watching. Think it is on my list. It's a, it's a fun movie. There. It's a fun movie. Uh, moving on to TV shows that um, for two thousand two. So shows that ended that year. Now because of your old timey uh, movie uh, TV shows that you were allowed to watch. There was a revival of the Outer Limits, and the uh, the second the, the first revival of it ended in two thousand two. Were you a fan of the original Outer Limits or the new Outer Limits? No, that did not. No, that did not. Mm-mm. Were you a Twilight Zone or just that, that genre was not a uh, not in your radar? I got to see some Twilight Zone stuff, and it kind of it really depended on on like what happened. Like I want to say. I feel like that's the sort of thing that came on on like UPN 13, like late at night, they do like reruns of like that kind of thing. And so you'd occasionally, if I was up real late, 
if my mom was up late from having worked or whatever and I happened to be up, I might catch a little bit of Twilight Zone. But that was one of those things where it, it was just really situational. with no consistent watching. Okay, okay. So yeah, so that that ended in uh, in 2002. The other one that I wanted to bring up because I was a huge fan of it was the Tick, the live action TV show. Were was that on your radar at all in 2002? I think it wasn't at all at that point. Like subsequently, I've heard many good things about the Tick, and that, it seems like it'd be right up my alley. It it was on for a whole season, uh, and it didn't even air the finale, which kind of sucks. Ugh. But uh, it, it's, it, it was the first time I heard of Patrick Warburton because he played the Tick, the, the live-action character. Warburton is great. He is. He's the best. But I remember watching... I was a fan of the, of the comic book, and I remember the show came out, and I fucking fell in love with it to the point where I ended up buying the DVD set when it came out because it had the final episode that never aired on TV. Yeah, it was a fun show to watch that eventually became a cartoon show. No, it was a cartoon show first. Then that eventually became a, a, a live-action TV show. And uh, recently, Amazon picked it up, and it's it's on its second or third season of live action again. I had to check. Of course, it was Fox. Oh, they yeah. screwed it up and didn't play. Yeah. Yeah. They gave it the Firefly treatment. Yeah. Well, no, Firefly got, I think, two seasons, right? Or no, no, it only got one. Yeah. But it did get the finale. And they, played it, and they played it out of order. They didn't even play the pilot when they played the first oh, episode. Oh, you're right. Um. So, no, a quick story. I remember being, it was 19, no, it was 2004 or 2005. I was on Fairfax and 3rd. There used to be the um, the farmer's market there. And I, I was there and I saw one of the actors in the, in the, from The Tick. His name's uh, Nestor Carbonello, Carbonello. And he played Batmanuel, the Batman character in The Tick TV show. <laughs> And he was there with his family eating, and I was like, I don't want to bother him. So I, I kept walking and doing my thing. But then later on, I ran into him and his family again, and I was like, I don't want to bother you, but I got to tell you, Batmanuel is one of my favorite characters that you've ever done. This is the same guy that used to be on like a show called Suddenly Susan, like back in the day. He was rather popular. He ended up being the the mayor of Gotham in the Batman Begins movies, you know, like. Oh. Yeah, okay. he's he's somebody. I don't know who that is now. Yeah, but at the time he was uh, Batmanuel. And he was like the, the Latino Batman in the Tick world. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's the only reason why I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was a great That's show. Great. But speaking of of shows that that got the treatment, you mentioned Firefly. Two thousand two is when they actually premiered Firefly for that one year. Yeah, no, that's what, like, I mean, it seems like Fox was messing everything up right around yeah. this period. This is yeah. this is when they couldn't get anything right. So that that got on. I never watched it when it came out. I watched that show a decade after. I, I was. I was probably my, in the 2010s um, when I watched Firefly finally because of the movie Serenity. I watched Serenity, and then I learned about Firefly and went back went back and watched the TV show. It didn't take me quite as long, but that was in the same category. I mentioned before that uh, I had that uh, MP3 player. My brother was bugging me to start doing these uh, audiobooks. In the same time period, he was bugging me to watch Firefly. And he kept bugging me, and it was like, oh, Firefly, there's this uh, TV show, you'd love it, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, it's one season, like, you know, like, I mean, why am I going to get all worked up and spend this time, like, you know, for a thing that doesn't even, you know. And sure enough, I watched it, and I was like, god damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It died too soon. Died too soon. But it did get the movie, so that's not bad. Uh, CSI Miami uh, airs, which is the, I think it should be everybody's favorite CSI, right? David Caruso 
and the uh, theme song was uh, "Won't Get Fooled Again" by the Who, and it, it always remember it had that it had that um, format where the cold open would happen. There was a crime. David Caruso's character would come in. However, the person died. He had that one just horrible pun about the death. Like if if the person was decapitated, it was like, guess he won't be losing his head anymore. And then he would put on his glasses or take off his glasses. And then the song would like, wow, would start. It's fucking fantastic, dude. I used to love that shit. Peak television. Oh, I did not watch it when it came out, but I, I binged it. Like um, when I was living in Miami, actually, when I moved to Miami, my co-worker you immerse yourself in the oh i had to it was you you couldn't you couldn't so yeah uh great show great show for what it was again it's it's campy it's honestly a campy show that people did not realize is how campy it was i think i definitely didn't watch at the time i've seen some since i had that's when i had not seen all of i think the closest i've come to something like that because like you've got csi you've got law and order with all its spinoffs and then I watched the one I watched. I watched uh, NCIS, the original one. I binged that way later. Oh, okay. But yeah, so those are the two biggest shows that I that I would I I, I would say um, are part of pop culture at this point. Um, now let's talk about deaths. Uh, does the name Joe Strummer ring a bell? Yeah. Lead singer of the Clash. Were you a Clash fan? Later, not at the time. Like, it took me a while to get there. Yeah, he passed away in 2002. D.D. Ramone from the Ramones passed away also. And does the name Chuck Jones ring a bell to you? No. Chuck Jones was an American animator, best known for basically... Well, he had like a 60-year career in animation, but he's best known for the work that he did with the Looney Tunes gang. Uh, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, Bugs Bunny, you know, Daffy Duck, everybody. So this is the guy responsible for basically giving us the Looney Tunes, you know, and uh, and everything that comes with it. I was a huge fan of, of Merry Melodies and, yeah. and and Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, all, all of those. I, to this day, I still watch them. Dude. I mean, look, to this day, granted, and, and much like the movie Dumbo, right? Because of its era, uh, certain things are just not appropriate. But, uh, you know, the, the Speedy Gonzalez characters, you know, the Pepe Le Pew character, I get it. But again, if you're, if you're judging something by now standards to then, then yes, you're absolutely right. But at the time, made perfect sense. I thought they were great cartoons. A huge fan, huge fan of his work. The best way I have to look at that in any kind of positive light is it's good to be able to look back on a, uh, something that's, you know, from a previous time and to think what were, what were they thinking? Because that means there's been progress, but it, you can't really judge something by current standards from that time. And that was certainly something I grew up like Looney Tunes was one of those things that if that was on, you, I could watch it. Like we could watch that. I grew up watching that was Saturday morning cartoons was Looney Tunes and every iteration of that, glued to the screen loved it tom and jerry one of my favorites another animated like that, those were the cartoons that i watched even though arguably not the cartoons of my era at that age mm-hmm. those were the ones that we got to watch and like man i i still to this day i'm, I'm excited to watch looney tunes 
Yeah, no, I agree. I still, I, I don't like. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like the new Looney Tunes. Don't care. No, for them. Uh, the classics. The classics, yeah. And even I think Space Jam is around the time when I was like, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Everything to, prior to uh, that is the best. Yeah. Music 2002, debut album from Avril Lavigne. With, with, I mean, I, I don't think you could, you could avoid her. I think much like Nickelback, no. you could not avoid her. They were, she was on every station, right? I wouldn't like. I don't know that I was like a fan, but I definitely heard it. And here's here, I, I was a fan of how she looked. That's definitely one of my early like her and Britney Spears. I feel like were formative crushes when I was younger. And you I know, was just like it, man, it's funny you say that because the marketing for Avril Lavigne was like the anti-Britney, you know. Apparently, I have a broad. You have, you have a apparently you have a type. <laughs> You've got Britney on one shoulder and Avril Lavigne on the other. <laughs> That's not a bad situation to be in. Uh, but yeah, I remember uh, it came out and and yeah, there was a there was that punk pop era of music, you know. Yeah. That was very popular, and it was like the Sum Forty Ones, the. Even the Blink 182s, like I feel like Fallen, the Good Charlotte, they all kind of fall under that category of music that I was just like, ah, it's it's too poppy, it's too clean, and it's trying to be something that I'm not comfortable with. Well, they're trying to like redefine like edgy where the edge is, but you kind of like, you know, but broaden its appeal, right? You don't want to be so edgy that you miss out on the money. It's is what it kind of feels like. Yeah. The other one I want to talk about, and only because it's connected to to. Uh, 2003 for me and, and going overseas you too came out with the album called all that you can't leave behind and it was one of three records that i took with me overseas when i when i deployed uh and i heard that song that album dude from beginning to end almost once a day the entire time i was over there like we had a we we all you know like there was a few cd players <laughs> in the platoon and everybody had a ton of batteries and everybody had a couple cds and i remember all That You Can't Leave Behind, Music for the Morning After from Pete Yorn, and Train, Drops of Jupiter. Uh, the, to this day, man, those things F me the hell up whenever I hear those damn songs. But All That You Can't Leave Behind by U2, just, uh, it's, I remember that from 2002 because of, of the impact it had on me in 2003. Music's U2, a real good one. Was U2 on your radar memory. in 2002? Yeah, I mean, I was aware. Like That was definitely in the radio stations that I... I listened to that would come around. What else uh, was a uh, was of that type of music in 2002? Were you listening to? Let's see, man. Uh, I bet if I looked up a list, I'd recognize songs. Every, Let's see. Hang on. Every time I look up a list, honestly, it's the hits, and it's usually stuff that, like, uh, well, I don't, I don't. Again, I don't want to like ruin episode three by going deeper into some of these cuts. Let me double check. Man, I recognize every one of these songs on this top 100 rock and roll songs in 2002. Oh, really? Yeah. But like Schism, right? Was was a was a big hit. Like Parish. Rank number one song is Three Doors Down when I'm gone. Oh wow, really? On this list, I'm oh. not gonna say it's the actual, but like uh, Puddle of Mud, Blurry. Oh, you know was... what I'm also looking at? I'm also looking at like award winners. So you have a different list, but yeah, but like. like oh yeah, I'm not like, looking at awards. Yeah, because like. Um, Coldplay, right, was doing pretty well during that time. Yeah. Saliva. Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> but yeah, so, okay, so some of them you recognize. So you were 
Yeah, music. Oh, I recognize like everything on this list going down. And Avril Lavigne made it. Of course. Yep. Queen of Queen of Punk. Yeah. Okay, so going to tech and toys. The Mars rover is being developed in 2002 for a 2004 release. Wow. Uh, which is relevant now, considering it's on fucking Mars. Isn't that insane, dude? Doing, 19 years doing later? work. Can you imagine, like, your career is, like, making this thing that then you have to wait for it to actually... To see if you, like, the delayed gratification in figuring out if, you know, everything works out. How many of these 40-year-old scientists are now 60 years old seeing their creation, like, on Mars? Come to fruition, finally. It's insane, dude. That must be incredible. And the fact that they they tend to, they tend to, like, those guys over-deliver every time, too. Voyager and all that. Like, everything that, like, passed its life expectancy continue to do, you know, work and send information. And, like, NASA, like, should be funding them more. What the hell are we doing? I know. The camera chip is being introduced with a 3.5 megapixel camera in 2002. Eh? Three How many, what, what megapixels are three, we up to now? Oh, dude, my phone has like 40 on the on the on the back camera, and like 20 on the front one. Hang on, let's see. Oh, this is just about how to like use it. I want to know the specs on this. But basically, what this did is amazing. It enabled the camera to make the pictures look like the. You know the 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 snap and shoot the nine no not nine millimeter right the um what were the ones that uh, that you had to get um, the terms are so old that I forgot them that you had to get them uh, developed developed yeah it was a nine millimeter right no or what was it called I think it wasn't it nine yeah I think it was nine yeah I think so but yeah but imagine so so what the microchip was trying to do was. Make, make it di- look like that. Make it look like a like a, a a nine millimeter camera because technology just wasn't able to do that with a three point five megapixel camera. Insane, bro. The Roomba gets introduced in two thousand two. iRobot creates the vacuum that vacuums the floor. The Roomba's gonna be twenty. Isn't that crazy? Coming up here. Holy shit! I know. I thought that was interesting because I was like, the Roomba's been around that long. Like it doesn't. That's seem- amazing. That's incredible. What did they cost when they first came out? Because, you know, like a VCR was like a million dollars when it first came out. Like, what the hell's a Roomba? I was looking at video game prices. Someone had an old, like, 1986 or 7, like, advertisement from Toys R Us for, like, Nintendo games. And it was, like, $94 for a Nintendo game. So the Roomba, when it came out, it was introduced at the market price of $199.95. That seems shockingly reasonable. That seems shockingly reasonable, really. For like a device that's like that, like uh, that does what that does at that time. Like what? What the hell, right? This is yeah, a brand but, new thing. But remember, dude, two hundred dollars in two thousand two. No, I mean I get it. it like, yeah. Wasn't a VC? Wasn't a VC? How much did VCRs were like four hundred dollars when they first came out or some shit? Yeah, eighties. Man, I remember this, this is the equivalent. This is but, new. This is a well, robot. I remember buying a DVD player in '99 or 2000 for about 200 bucks. You could have had a Roomba. Yeah, I, I'd rather have a DVD player. So with the time we have left, let's go into celebrity gossip. 2002, Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears break up. Hmm. It's a shame. She shame. just got engaged again. She did. Now that uh, now that she is able to control her own decisions because her father right, is yeah. taking care of her. 
But remember, yeah. though, after Justin Timberlake, she, you know, she hooks up and marries and gets pregnant by one of her backup dancers, Kevin Federline's. I, you know, so it's, uh, I'm not saying, but I'm not saying either. Moving on. Uh, Gwen Stefani and Gavin Rosdale get married. Uh, Gavin Rosdale, lead singer of the band Bush. It's a good band. They go on to have, they go on to have a better name. (laughs) They go on to have a pretty good, uh, marriage because they end up with a couple kids. Obviously they don't end up together because now she's remarried the country singer. Oh, this is fun. This is fun. She switched genres completely in her wedding. This is fun. J-Lo and Ben Affleck were dating in 2002. Man, I wonder if they'll ever make it. Right? Let's look them up. I just see, saw. Let's see what, who they're dating now. <laughs> I just, saw, I just saw a thing where some overzealous fan tried to get a selfie with J Lo and good guy Ben like stopped him like politely but firmly at arm's length, kept him away from his lady until like their bodyguard could catch up because I guess he was slacking and uh, got the guy out of there. So I believe that because it seems like people from Boston tend to not take any bullshit. And this is true. He's low, of, low tolerance. Yeah. He's one of those uh, good Boston kids. Anybody in the departed and anybody connected to Matt Damon, I think uh, I think they're fine. They're fine, gentlemen. And uh, they're, they're going to they're going to get their hands dirty. I believe it. I think it's funny, too, because like seeing them come full circle, like it's kind of heartwarming to see how like they genuinely seem to enjoy each other. Like you you think of Hollywood romance and like I said, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just people tabloid whatever and people just you know but like they're pretty cute together honestly and i think that's one of those things like you know 19 years later maybe they know what they want as opposed to 20 years ago when paparazzi and everything was so crazy that they weren't able to handle it but now they're like we've been married a few times we've had kids i think we can handle that relationship like adults like the way we should have so you know what i'm in on that and JLo looks exactly the same. She does, my lord. Last one, Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock were dating in 2002. I feel like he was 20 then? Because <laughs> I don't think he's that yeah. old. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so that's our celebrity gossip. So, Gabe, thoughts on 2002? Episode 2? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, like, I'm, I'm surprised. I shouldn't be surprised, obviously, because I was there. But like, man, some of the stuff, Roomba, that 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 came out of nowhere. I would not have guessed if you t- sat there and asked me, like, when did Roomba come out? I'd be like, I don't know, like five, six, maybe, maybe seven years ago. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's going to be twenty. I'm a little bit shocked still. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. Stay uh, tuned for uh, upcoming episode three to uh, close out the year 2002. Thanks for listening.